Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. I've been part of Mission Possible actually my whole life, uh, but in a more official role. I've, uh, but five years ago, I stepped into a, on the board of directors. We've been serving Eastern Europe since 1974. Countries like Albania, Bulgaria, Russia, Ukraine, former Soviet Union countries back then. And the goal is to bring the gospel through whatever help we can do. It's been getting involved in whatever the need arises during that time. Distribution of Christian literature, such as Bible, children's Bible, training, Christian education. We actually started one of the first, actually the first church planters training center um, in former Soviet Union. When the crisis, Ukrainian crisis hit and the war started out there, uh, we already had the presence there. We have an office there and we had teams who were ready to, uh, to respond to the immediate needs. And the big needs is actually, you know, obviously the biggest need is obviously Jesus, right? It's the gospel. Uh, however, people need to eat. <laughs> and, and, and so we've been focusing on providing food uh, to those who are in need. And uh, we've uh, developed a resource, uh, sort of, which is a box, right, with food in it that we've been giving away to people who are in need. And also, but at the same time, there's, there's usually a children's Bible or a, or, a, or a New Testament that's in there. There's a little flyer that has a prayer in it. When we give them away, it's always a personal touch. It's always personal conversation. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Our goal and our vision is, right, is to empower local people, right? It's to empower uh, local members of church, right, to help their own people, right? And that's what we see. That's what, that's what is happening. We have local volunteers, young people, older generation, whatever, coming in. We buy it from local companies or local businesses, and then our volunteers pack them into the boxes, into the smaller containers, and, and then just going out, you know, and sharing the hope. Up to date, we've currently um, given away almost 10,000 boxes. And the goal is for next uh, roughly six months, we're preparing uh, to do the same amount, 10,000 more boxes and to impact 10,000 more people. And the message is God did not forget you. <laughs> you know, you're not alone. We're with you. And we're just here to share his love and share his gospel, sharing that, hey, God is with us, and, 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 and we're here to love on you. Amen. Come on. Let's praise God together. I have my friend Igor with us. And um, as we, we turn our attention in worshiping God with tithes and offerings, um, our, our goal is to familiarize you with the doors the Lord has opened for us. And, and it's, a, it's not an accident that, that Igor and his family moved here last year from Chicago and that God planted them in Ocean Church. And it's not an accident that God started Mission Possible a long time ago so that it wouldn't be a reaction to the crisis in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, but God was already prepared and working through his church. And so I, I, I want you to understand, you, you guys give in such, in such a powerful way. 
God has just brought such a, a generous spirit in this house. And, and when you do, and there's two designations when you give, there's tithes and offerings. And then there's another designation that, that is just under the auspice of there is more. And that's there so that, that you and I live with an awareness of not just what it is to, to follow God and walk in obedience to him, but to be prepared as he opens doors to us. And Mission Possible is a door that he opened this year. And then when the war and the crisis started, we got to step in in a, in a, in a wonderful way. Yes. And so your giving enables food to be put in the hands of people that desperately need food. But what I love is it is through the hands of the local church. It's through the hands of pastors. And there, there are pastors that, that had to get their families out. There, there are that had to, to, you know, to evacuate and get out of Ukraine. And then there are those that have stayed and are, are doing what God's called them to do and ministering and being the hands and feet of Jesus, meeting physical needs, but, but being there to meet spiritual needs in the midst of a war. And, and I want us to pray together today for them. Igor is, is the representation for us. He's part of this house Mission Possible is something that he's been a part of, that, that God has put him in a leadership place in doing this. And so he's a representative. And as we've talked, they need our prayers. We're going to continue to sow. We're going to continue to give. We're going to be obedient to what God's asked us to do. But we're also going to not drop the ball when it comes to praying over them. And how many of you know our news cycle gets focused on other things when we get tired of hearing the same stories? And the crisis just doesn't change for them. And I want our prayers to be something that's not affected by a news cycle, but is affected by the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And so I want you to join your faith with me. We're going to pray over Igor, and we're going to pray strength over every pastor, every believer that is ministering as a follower of Jesus in Ukraine. So if you would, you stretch out your hands. So Lord, right now, we, we just come to you. Lord, thank you that there's no distance in prayer. And so, Lord, Lord, as we pray over Igor, Lord, we are extending our faith that you would move in Ukraine. God, that you would move through the pastors, Lord, through the followers of Jesus that are ministering. Lord, those that all of a sudden, their, their lives have been in this place where war has become routine. It's become what they wake up to day after day. Holy Spirit, you're not moved by that. You are not limited by that. And so we pray strength right now over them. Lord, as the church of Jesus Christ, we pray, Lord, for our brothers, our sisters in Ukraine, that you would strengthen them by the power of your word today. Lord, move us so that we're, we're sensitive, Lord, not to, to be affected by the news cycle, but to pray by your spirit, to lift up, Lord, your work and what you are doing in Ukraine. God, strengthen every pastor, strengthen every volunteer, every church member, Lord, that is living in this place that, that would be in desperate need of strength and refreshing. Lord, we're going to be faithful to do what you've called us to do. And so, God, we, we thank you that you are always faithful. Lord, we ask that you would intervene where it is blatantly seen as Jesus Christ, who loves like no one else loves. In Jesus' name, Lord, would you meet us in this moment. Thank you for peace. Thank you for, Lord, just the, the power of the Holy Spirit filling them. 
We worship you. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God together. Amen. It's wonderful. I, I asked Igor, I told him I want us to pray over you, and, and we're going to pray over the work that God's doing through Mission Possible, and we're going to continue to give and sow. But he and his family are a vital part of this house, and, and so I, I want him to pray over us. So I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to read from the Gospel of John as we study the Word of God together. And, and we do this, you know, this, there's a, a place of awareness that God's called us to live in where we don't walk through the doors and gather together without understanding that the person next to me may be going through the worst circumstance of their lives. And so I'm not just here for what benefits me. I'm here to be part of the body of Christ and to partner with the work of God in the person next to me and the person down the aisle from me and all around me. And so that's how we're going to pray today. I'm going to read from John chapter 14, verse 15. These are words of Jesus. He says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Good news. What a promise. Igor, pray for us as we start. Father, we thank you for this morning, God. And we thank you that you are our Father. God, your love, work of the cross, God, it transcends every culture, every nationality, God, every language, Lord. And you make us one family, Lord, with you as our Father, God, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this family, Lord. Thank you for the prayers and the work that this family, this house is doing, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord. Father, there's so much brokenness in this world. God, there's brokenness in Ukraine. There's brokenness in Russia. There's brokenness in the United States, God. It just looks different, God, but it's still brokenness, Lord. There's brokenness in our families, in our, in our society, Lord, in our communities, God. Father, there's brokenness in this house. God, there's brokenness in me, Lord. Father, the only hope for this brokenness in, all around us, God, is your word. Is the truth of your word, God. God, that's the only hope for this world. The only hope that can heal the brokenness, Lord. So, Father, as we open up your word today, God, as we dig into it, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God, through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray your word would penetrate our hearts, God. Penetrate our minds, our souls, God, our bodies, and heal them, God. Father, I pray that you would inspire us to follow you stronger and better, with more desire, God. But with more love, Father, I pray that your word would change our lives, God, healing us, restoring us, encouraging us, and challenging us, God. Father, I pray for people, Lord, as we pray for people who are standing right next to us, God. Father, I pray for Pastor Josh as well, Lord. I pray that you would inspire him, God, that you would give him strength, give him courage, God, that may he speak your word boldly, Father. May he speak your word clearly, Lord. And may we receive it, God, and be obedient to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. 
All right, you may be seated. Praise God. You know, these words of Jesus that we started with are some of the most misunderstood words. And, and, and I want to I unpack that for you so that we live from a right foundation. So the words I read from John 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is the setting of the Last Supper. Judas has left. And when Judas leaves, Judas is a, a representation of the spirit of the world, the spirit that, that only sees and, and is in for what benefits themselves. Judas leaves and Jesus begins to unpack for his disciples the gift of the Holy Spirit, what it is to follow him, what it is to what they can expect as he goes to the cross and is resurrected, ascending to the Father. And he says these words, if you love me, keep my commandments. And, and these can be very misunderstood words. So many read these words or hear these words, and this is what they hear. If you really love Jesus, you are going to keep the list perfectly of his commandments. And, and internally, we have this wrestle like, okay, I, I've got to prove that I really love God this way. I, I, I've got I've to show him every day that, that I, I mean, I'm on it. I've got to get up, and, I, and I've, I've just got to, I've got to kill it every day. I've just got to slay this walking with Jesus thing. And, and how many of you know you're going to get worn out really, really quick living that way? Jesus is saying, if you know my love, if you are living in my love, what will come out of your life is obedience to my commandments. I don't have to walk around with a list of what a husband looks like and, and, and follow and read it and say, okay, I got to do that today. I'll do this today. There is this place of fellowship that marriage and covenant thrive when you are living in this understanding of like this is the love that God has given us. And out of that love, I don't have to look at a list. Well, sometimes I do because... I need help sometimes. <laughs> but I don't look at the list and then bring the list to Anna and say, look, can you see how much I love you? There is this knowing that your heart finds by walking and living in love, living in this place that we've been invited to. John wants to establish this foundation. He hears it from Jesus now in the latter years of his life, he, he's laid in life and he is this spiritual father that is writing to the church and he's bringing us back to this place. And let me say it plainly for you. God is not okay with you questioning your salvation day after day after day. He's not okay with you coming to, to service and being here on a weekend and wondering, should I get saved again? Am I, am, did it really take? I mean, I, I believe in Jesus, but, but like, it's been a bad week. So is there something else I need to do to make sure that it's real? John is speaking to that. We're going to divide chapter 2 into four themes today. We're going to get through 26 verses. We're going to do it together. It's going to be great. 
We can do this. The first theme that we're going to look at is this theme of assurance. John is speaking from knowing the heart of God, knowing living in his love yields walking in his commandments. The byproduct of living in the love of God brings us to this place. You know, last weekend we talked about the the necessary place of being able to call sin, sin. And how, and it all, it all leads back to this. One of the, the biggest things that we face today, so many of us live with father wounds. And it's not a matter of, of whether or not you have a father wound. It's a matter of your ability to recognize it. Because not one of us has a perfect father. I'm sorry. Dads, we do our best. You know, one of the, the, the main characteristics of a father wound is it is very difficult for us to recognize when we live out of a father wound, we live from this place, we cannot recognize that correction can be given in love. That correction doesn't have to be feared. That the voice of a father can speak and can say what we need to know and need to hear without it being demeaning, without it being a domineering, dominating moment that it can be from a place of love so that we are better. The enemy wants to corrupt that in us. So when we hear the voice of a father, and even John, John is this spiritual father that is speaking, and he has words of correction aligning our heart to God. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear, like, is there a bait and switch in this? Is this going to come back to bite me if I really believe this, if I trust this? John's living with the heart of God. He's living as a true father. And so we know in this place that, that repentance isn't something that, that, we, that puts us in a place of fearing punishment. Repentance is a wonderful in joyous practice for a believer when we recognize sin and we don't try to candy coat it, we don't try to lighten it up, we say, that's darkness in my life. I'm not going to try to make it seem like it's not a big deal. I'm going to call sin, sin, and I'm going to run to Jesus so that I can be healed. We don't have to fear that punishment. What happens when we bring our sin to Jesus and we say, Jesus, Here it is. It's gross and it's nasty. We have a fresh revelation of how much he loves us. And not only that, not that we don't have to fear punishment, but he's already taken our punishment. That's what happens when we bring our sin to Jesus. It's gross and it's, I don't like it. I don't want this in my life. And he says, good, because I paid for it. Let me transform you. So it's from that place John is writing to us. Verse 3 1 John chapter 2, we're going to get all the way through the end of this chapter. He says this, and we can be sure. Isn't it great to be sure? Isn't it nice to be sure about things? Um, I I have a bad habit of throwing away manuals after I buy things. I bought an electric shaver last year, and I'm pretty sure about, I'd say... 60, 65% that the, the sign, I was at Costco, I saw this sign. I'm pretty sure it said that it was a wet, dry electric shaver. That I could take it in the shower. I've never done that. Why haven't I done that? Because I threw away the manual and I'm not sure. 
I am uncertain. So I could be missing out on this incredible deal where I could be in the shower and shaving my face. It sounds amazing, but I'm not bold enough to try it because I'm not sure. I threw away the manual. Y'all, so many people live their walk and their, their life as a believer in this place of uncertainty. Is God mad at me? Is he not? I really want to step out and do something here, but, but I, I, I don't know. I, I really want to get clean. I really want to repent of this. I want to be done, and I want to be free from this sin and this bondage, but is this just going to look like a beating? What's happening? They're not living out of the assurance that John is writing about. He says, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, I want us to see this word that, that he, he began. There is a Greek word that, that is translated, we obey. Other translations translate it as we keep. That we know we can be sure we love God if we keep. Now, what, what I don't want you to, to see and to hear in this, because it's not what John was writing, is that this is a word that, that uh, means perfection. That it doesn't mean, a, this is not a word that means without sin. We keep or we obey his commandments does not mean that we do so without any failure. This is a word that means that we guard his commandments. That we guard that the pattern and the practice of our life is one that is moving towards this understanding that I am guarding the love of God, the relationship of, with God that I have. Not in this perfectionism thinking that unless I obey every single thing that I see in Scripture and my life can measure up perfectly to that, I am failing in living with Christ. John says, that's not what I'm saying. He is saying, do you build your life with the guardrails of your relationship, protecting the love of your heart with God? My life looks very different in how I protect my love uh, when I was single to when I was married. There is a vast difference in the pattern of my life. Let me say it this way. If you and I meet... And 10 minutes into the conversation, you're not aware that I am married with a family that I love and that the pattern of my life is, is that points to and speaks to, then I'm not com communicating clearly. It, it, it's in those dark places that the Lord wants to speak to and say, I want to address the pattern of your life and what it looks like to keep my commandments, to guard my commandments, to guard your heart, to guard your life, not in this perfectionism place, but in this understanding that in a new relationship, in a fresh relationship, my life looks different. The pattern of my life looks different. It's a wonderful place. It's not a fearful place. It's a place, and I would say it this way, the theme that John is wanting to press and, 
impressed upon our hearts is this theme of assurance. We can be sure. What's not said is that you prove your love by your doing. Keep is not a word that says that we live without sin. Keep is a word that says or that means we guard with the life or the patterns of our lives. He continues in verse 7. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the beginning. So John is going, okay, so this is how you guard. This is how you know the first commandment that I'm going to reveal to you so that you know this is what the fruit, the byproduct of living in the love of Jesus should look like. Now, now let, it, let his words like bring that question to your mind. Like, okay, so what should it look like? Should it look like an iron shirt on Sunday morning? Should it like, look like leading a life group? Should it look like having perfect attendance for three months in a row at church? What, what should it look like? What should come out of a heart that is transformed by the love of Jesus? Is it leadership? Is it a fivefold calling? I mean, is it pastor, prophet? evangelist, teacher, apostle, what, what, it's got to be something like that. It's got to be something that people see. John says, no, it's, it's actually a, a really old commandment. But Jesus said, this is new and this is fresh in me. He said, it's an old one you have had from the beginning, this old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims, I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Don't say, this is, this is the fruit. We're not going to get to anything else. We're not going to add anything else to this list. Paul said it this way. He said, anything else, if your focus is anything else first, the noise of your life is like a clanging brass or a cymbal. It's just dong. There's nothing attractive about it. John said, it's the way that we love each other. You, you know what I see today? I see jaded hearts that, that sin has traumatized that keep us to a shallow place of relationship across the board. So whether I go to a CrossFit gym, whether I go uh, to, you know, the, the relationships I have at my job, there is only a certain level of intimacy that I'm willing to go to because I've been burned so many times. I, 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 I have this place where where. I cannot allow you to go to that place of relationship with me. It's too much. 
And John is saying, listen, this must be the house that the love of Jesus flourishes in. This must be the house that I look at you and you look at me and I say, I don't care how many times I've been burned. By the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, I am in this with you. And to my own hurt, I'll commit to you. To my own inconvenience, I'll be there for you. And it is something that, that is unique and only found by the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus that, is, that His church has been designed to be filled with. And, and, I, and I'm not, there's just not going to be a place where, where we're going to spend energy being critical. I, I get, you know, and I don't want to spend a bunch of time on this, but like, you know how I know we're not there? We have so many YouTube channels of people that have anointed themselves as the judgment seat for other ministers and other ministries. And, and they spend their energy trying to point out the things that are wrong with other people. John says, it's noise. It's noise that distracts. It's noise that tries to drown out the love of Jesus that we're called to live with. And I'm not talking about a utopian place. It's messy. It's hard. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can pay the price and love one another. This must be the place where the healing love of Jesus is seen and felt. This will be the place that God calls us back to again and again and again. We can have wonderful prophetic meetings and we can have other gifts of the Holy Spirit there that are in operation. And, and we can point to those things and say, look, God's really moving in our house. But if we cannot look and know that the reputation of our house is one that is committed and loves each other. then it's just noise. John says, this is what we're called. You want to know what a transformed heart looks like? It looks like a heart that's willing to love one another. The Holy Spirit is coming to us today, and he's saying, in the midst of your jadedness, in the midst of the fear, I'm asking you to love one another. What does that look like? What does it look like for you and I to say, Jesus, I trust you, and I trust you in this body. I'm going to live, and I'm going to love the people around me. i got to be careful. That sounds like one of those things people put on their walls. <laughs> what is it? Live, love, pray, or something like that? <laughs> Don't write that in your notes. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, verse 12. This father of the faith continues, and I want you to know, so he, the themes have been assurance, and then he, he's addressing our love, and now as we get into verse 12, this father is saying, okay, so that's where love is supposed to be directed, that's where everything else flows out of, that's where there's an attraction for the, the unsaved, the unknowing, the, the counterfeit love around us. They're going to be attracted to the pure love of Jesus that is seen and how we love each other as his disciples. And then John, he, he, he takes this turn, and I love how he does it. This is a good father here. 
John's taking a turn with us, and he's about to tell us what our love looks like when it's misguided, when it's directed at the wrong thing, when it's not flourishing and functioning in the body. He's about to give this little word of correction, but you know what he does? He speaks these words, and he includes all of us, and he reminds us of how we're seen in the eyes of the Father. Listen to this. Just let your heart just marinate in this and just drink it in because it's good stuff. He says, I'm writing to you who are, all, who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. That's all of us. Every single one that looks and says, Jesus, I believe in you as the Son of God. John says, I'm writing to you. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. Ooh. Look at that. Late in life, John says, you're in. I'm writing to you. I'm not even going to call you old. I'm going to call you mature. Doesn't that sound better? You know, John's like, I don't like being called old, even though I'm the oldest person these people have ever seen. I'm mature. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. Think about this. This is your first day following Jesus. This is your first day responding to Jesus. John, as the spiritual father, says, you've overcome your battle with the evil one. Assurance. You're you're not battling. You're not living from a defeated side. You're living from the place of being secure in the eyes and the arms of the father. Verse 14, I've written to you who are God's children because you know the father. I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you've won your battle with the evil one. These are words that we we just need to stay in for a while. These are words that, that, that need to speak louder, that we grab a hold to stronger than the list of failures that our week may represent. The, the dysfunction that we may see in our relationships, whether it be a fight with a wife, a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or just that heaviness that gets on us saying, is God's promise true in my life or am I outside of that? John includes all of us that call on the name of Jesus, and he says, if you're young, if you're mature, if you've walked with Jesus all your life, if this is your first day, you are an overcomer, and we need you. I I love the picture there. Like, if this is your first day following Jesus, I want you to know we need you. There is strength in your life that I desperately need. We're called to be this strength for each other. And you don't have to wait and aspire and say, can I contribute? Am I a part of this? Today, right now, we need your strength. We need the work of God that is happening in your life. You are needed in the family of God. John says that, and then he says in verse 15, Do not love the world nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world... You do not have the, fa- the love of the Father in you, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live 
forever. In John chapter 6, Jesus, he says, he says it this way. He says, spend your energy on that which is eternal. And, and he says that to, to them, and it's a mix of Pharisees and religious people and, and those that are just curious that are following Jesus. And they say, well, we want to do the works of God. What, what does God want of us? What does the Father want of us? And Jesus said, this is the one thing the Father asks of you, to believe in the one he sent. So that's where John's writing from, this place of assurance. And then he says, but there is a, 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 a environment around you. There is a way of culturally thinking that is wanting to push and wanting to erode the love of the Father in you, wanting to replace the love of the Father. The New Living we're, we're reading from, it, it, it says it a little more descriptive. I have it stuck in my head. I read the New King James Version growing up, so it's forever stuck in my head as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And John's saying, look, th th these are the things that will rob your heart and your life of the love of the Father flourishing. It's misguided love. Don't direct your love there. This is misguided. You know where misguided love begins? It begins when we think that our needs trump what God says we need. When we say, God, I know that your word says that that I'm to be content and that, that, that I'm okay and that I'm complete in you, but God, I'm burning with lust and they look good. And, and, and I want to follow that because you gave me this body and so it can't be wrong. And John, in this wonderful voice of a father, says, don't allow your love to be misguided. Don't allow the lusts of the flesh, the desires that stir within your body. And let me tell you something about our flesh. You know, your flesh doesn't age. Like, it just doesn't. You know why we have the saying, dirty old man? Because the flesh doesn't age. Isn't that sad? that someone would be in bondage to a spirit of lust to the place where physically their life is at a place that they can't live and, and, and even have action to what their lust is telling them they need. And they're still in bondage to it. John says, don't allow the love of your life, don't allow the affection, the pattern of guarding your heart. Don't let that love be misguided so it comes from the lust of the flesh. What our physical bodies demand that we need, that we have to have. That's why fasting is such a wonderful practice for us to have. You know what fasting always reminds me? Of my desperate need of Jesus. You wanna know how it reminds me of that? Because I get really, really crabby. 
It's not this spiritual moment where I'm fasting and Jesus appears to me and says, you need me. Wouldn't that be better? But I have this realization of like, ugh, there's junk in there. Why am I so crabby? Why am I so rude? Because the voice of my flesh has a place that it does not need to have. You know what we do with our flesh? We don't coddle it. We don't feed it. We crucify it. We take it to the cross. As Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. In the life I live, now I live by faith. So even when it doesn't feel good, and even when it's hard, and even when I'm lonely and it's difficult, and my body is saying, I have to have this, there's a voice that reminds me, you have new life. You know who, whose voice that is? It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. John finishes with this, and we're going to, we're going to read quickly. Our time is short. John even reminds us of that. Verse 18, he says, Dear children, the last hour is here. Thank you, John. You've heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. People living with an anti-Christ spirit. He said they were here, but they couldn't stay. They refused to allow themselves to be committed one to another and the love of Jesus to flourish in their life. The love of Jesus to, to speak louder than their desire to, to live for themselves. He says they didn't stay. Commitment matters. It matters to the way that we are with each other. It matters to the, our willingness to be open with each other. And this is not a one-way street. Do you know how many times, and I, I love feedback. Like I love feedback from, from messages, and, and, and I look to Anna. Like I look for a text when she's not here, and I look and, and look for her right after the services. I just need just a little feedback. And you know what? It doesn't feel good sometimes when Anna's like, eh, I don't think you should say this. You said that last service. Huh? And she says it so sweet. Like, I'm not even saying it like she says it. She's just like, babe, that was so good. That was so good. You probably, I wouldn't say this next time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Don't even want to be a pastor anymore, Anna. What, 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 is, what, is she, what, what is she doing? She is speaking by the love of the Holy Spirit, saying, saying I love you. I'm, I'm in this with you. I want you to be better. And, and yet my pride wants me to say, no, you can't tell me anything. I know what I'm doing. Distancing myself from what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in my life. John says, when they left, it proved they did not belong with us. 
but you are not like that. Somebody say amen. For the Holy One has given you his spirit. All of you know the truth, and all of you know the truth. So I'm writing to you, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. Who is a liar? Anyone who says Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son does not have the Father either. Anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, you'll remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. In this, and in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life He's promised us. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and do not shrink back from Him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know all who do what is right are God's children. The voice of the Father in other translations, when he talks about God's Spirit, he refers to this word anointing. It, it is this covering word. He, he, he points back to these moments where kings and priests would be set in in the roles that God had given them. And there was oil that was poured over their heads, and it wasn't just a little drop. It, it was poured over them in a way. David wrote about it most vividly, and he talked about how it flowed over his head. It ran down his beard, and it ran all the way down to the edge of his clothes and would drip from his clothes. And John is pointing to the Holy Spirit the same way that Jesus was in John 14. And John records Jesus saying, if you love me, if you're living in my love, you're going to do my commandments because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And he's not just a little drop. He's not just a little touch. He covers, he anoints, he fills your life in a way that you're never the same. You know why I, I, I try to end every service this way, asking you this question, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Because what I'm after is not you hearing what I say and going, man, Josh really knows what he's talking about. I should think about that. What I'm after is preparing an atmosphere where the Word of God has been brought to, to your hearts and you can look at the Word of God and the Holy Spirit Himself can speak to your hearts. It's great if you hear it from me. It's life-changing when you hear it from Him. Everything changes when you hear it from Him. Like I can tell you all day long, you're valuable. You're worthy of love. God's called you. His hand is on you. And until you allow the Holy Spirit to fill the insecurities, affirmation is just thrown into a black hole. It's the Holy Spirit that heals our hearts that says, I'm the one that paid the price for you. I'm the one that loves you like no one else does. You're worthy of that. Now live a life 
where you treat yourself like a child of God. Live a life that reflects the way that I love you and how I've committed myself to you. That is what John is saying is covering us. The Spirit of God. Paul said it this way in Romans 8.13. He says, God's Spirit joins with our spirit, speaks to your heart, to your spirit, telling us, reminding us, affirming in our hearts, I'm a child of God. I'm not going to live in this uncertainty. I'm going to live from the assurance of knowing God is working in my life. He's declared me to be an overcomer, and I'm going to bring every dark part, the sin of my life to Him, where I can be healed and transformed. I'm not going to fear His work. I'm not going to try to live from a profile, live for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. I'm going to live for what it is from what it is to be a son, to be a daughter of God. Would you bow your heads this morning? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Jesus, you're alive. You sent the Holy Spirit to cover our lives and cover our hearts. Lord, to remind us to speak louder than the lies of the enemy, to speak truth that transforms us. Would you do so right now? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to every heart. Lord, those hearts that are, that are arguing with the truth of your word, those hearts that have been jaded because of the trauma of life and the things that they've walked through, God, would you speak louder? Lord, the restless hearts that are searching desperate for a place that is sure, desperate for a place that they can live from, from a rock that their lives can be built from. Lord, would you speak to their hearts, reminding them, Lord, that you are that place, that your love is that place. God, would you transform our hearts today? Lord, help us not stay the same. Help us not be satisfied and, and, and to be apathetic about what you want to do in our lives. Help us open our hearts to you for your work. Lord, thank you that we don't have to fear your voice. We don't have to fear, Lord, when you speak to us. Lord, that joy is on the other side. Freedom is on the other side. Peace is on the other side. We trust you. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit OceanChurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.